Today's episode of the Sports Talk Garage podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing you with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get paid when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. Now, let's get the episode started. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage podcast, where we discuss and debate the latest news and hot takes from the court in the ball fields to the locker room and front office. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those oversized contracts, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Welcome back, Sports Talk Garage listeners. This is Matt, and I'm actually with not only David tonight, but we got John back. So there's going to be some hopefully nice little banter back and forth between at least John and I. So um, (laughs) we're very excited as this is our 100th episode uh, as we hit season three, episode 15. But before we get started, let's drop into our warm up lap. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good man, uh, good to be back at least for uh, tonight. Uh, you know, it's been a, a wild ride. We've had some health issues, and then thought we'd come back and uh, moved into a new house, and then had some technical issues that kind of hit us dead in our tracks when we trying to set up a recording. But uh, it's it's good to be back. Hopefully, knock on wood, things are going to work for a little while. And uh, yeah, hundredth episode, man. You gotta gotta get the trifecta back together for that for sure. So we're missing Mike tonight, but uh, it's good to have the original crew back. Yes, indeed. David, how's your how's your week going so far? It's been pretty good. One hundred episode is kind of crazy that we made it this far, almost uh, two years in now. So, here's to one hundred more moving forward. Absolutely. All right. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about boxing. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Sarah Fuller and her debut at Vanderbilt uh, Power Five School. And uh, after the break, we've got a little bit more on what's going on out in California based on COVID. And uh, maybe we'll even get into some Denver football. But for right now, let's start with Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. I'm going to give this one word. Ouch. I'm going to give this one word. Joke. Yeah, I was thinking a more long lines of joke, but ouch is definitely good the way that thing ended. Man. Wow. Kind of I wish I would have seen it live, but I um yeah, I was I was quickly sent the highlights and yeah, short fight. Um I'm glad that wasn't the main card of the night because uh, I'd be disappointed if I dropped eighty bucks on whatever platform it was on, whatever pay per view it was on to see that. When I first heard this was coming, I was like, seriously, like Jake Paul, the internet guy, and Nate Robinson, the basketball guy coming with this? It's like, there's no way it's going to be any good. But only to get into the second round and Jake Paul just knocked him out cold. It's like, man, that was a waste. So I'm glad there was another round with Mike Tyson, which is pretty cool that he's back too. Yeah, this fight was hyped up way too much for what it ended up being. And Nate Robinson definitely got some flack from his NBA pals. Yeah, he got tore up a new one, man. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't you like I know the guy's got uh talent from a athletic standpoint. Thirty six, uh and you've been training a, for a professional fight for what, a couple of months mm-hmm. now. So uh I who age advantage on you and has actually been training to 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 fight for uh what a couple of years I think. Um so you know, it's one of those experience versus maybe athleticism and and height and reach, but uh, experience obviously. Uh, last well, week, as, this year. as the great Sugar Ray Leonard said, "You don't play boxing." <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't. So, yeah, Jake Paul. I mean, kind of. Want, he said he wants to make a career out of this, and he's really been training, like full on training, for about a year now. So, with this being his second match. Definitely prove that experience, plus, you know, height and being younger certainly outweighs just a pretty athletic guy saying, yeah, I just want to get in the ring with you. I like the trash talking. I mean, I I, I like that we've had, like, more non – boxing's kind of had a resurgence over the last years. I feel like there was a time in my life where you probably couldn't pay me to watch a boxing match, especially when the UFC was in its heyday. And I feel like it's had this nice little research. There's been some nice little fights here and there. I've been picking up a few, you know, like, uh, was it ESPN? Is it, I don't know, Friday Night's Fights or something like that, you know, picking up some. I really don't know who half these guys are, but there's been some entertaining fighting going on. And I feel like, obviously, the, the you know, the Mayweather, you know, that whole deal kicked off a lot of surge for, for boxing. And uh, I think this was a good thing to see. Um you know, I'm not a big fan of the McGregor situation, and uh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll, we'll get a, yet another one at some point down the road. But I think it's interesting. It brings a lot of, uh, I think, non-boxing fans to, to the viewing you know, angle. And obviously the main fight card on this one certainly helped matters uh, in that regard because that's probably the 99 you know, reason why people tuned in. But, yeah, it was cool to see. It didn't last very long, and I kind of feel bad for Nate but because uh, boy got knocked out cold. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like you don't see it too often anymore. Where like, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm not a huge boxing guy, but you know, I, I feel like usually you at least get some kind of a ten count. You know, this one it was like he, he called it instantaneously. Uh, you just see his head bouncing off the mat. <laughs> He's not going to live that one down anytime soon. No, and I think he even read. Well, it. considering considering Paul landed all of eight punches, eight. And two of them were like back to back, you know, the last one being, I believe on the forehead, if I remember, I mean, there just, there's nothing there. He took one up overside the temple or above the ear, took one of the forehead. I think he took one of the back of the head. I just, dude, he got blitzed. I mean, I guess eight punches isn't necessarily that bad <laughs> about like the pretty much the start of the second round, but yeah, I, it was basically just, you know, Jake Paul weathering, the initial storm, if you really want to call it that. <laughs> and uh, I know that, you know, Nate tried to use a little bit of athleticism to get some unique angles on the, on his eight punches that he actually <laughs> landed. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think uh, Jake Paul was, was concerned at any point there in this fight. So, and I imagine, I mean, I'm sure Nate's probably in pretty good shape, but I imagine he's, he's probably gassed after the first round. Anyways, people don't realize how much boxing takes out of you. Yeah, there's a reason when people train to get in shape, they do some boxing workouts and kickboxing. It kicks your butt. So oh, one yeah. thing I noticed afterwards, uh, 
Jake Paul actually called out Conor McGregor in a boxing match and said he wants to take him. Do you think that's more? Said he wants to. He said he wants to knock him out. Actually, let's go a little farther. Knock him out. Is that a publicity stunt just to get some news, or do you think he would actually go for it? I don't think uh, McGregor would go for it unless right, you know, this yeah. kid comes <laughs> up and really does some damage. But you know, when you're talking about even a naturally gifted athlete, you're, you're talking about McGregor who's been in the ring for a long time and has all that uh, experience in the ring that Paul's going to have to take a while to build up to. Um, gosh, what was that? What was that line from fast and furious? You don't jump in the ring with Ali. Cause you think you box, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you don't, God, that would be almost the opposite of this fight. If that happened in even the next year. Is I mean, like, yeah, McGregor has enormous amounts of experience inside of you know a an octagon. Um, but we saw with you know even with the Mayweather fight, it, you know, obviously boxing is a, is a totally different uh, you know angle. It's a totally different talent than mixed martial arts. So I don't I don't know if uh, if Jake Paul necessarily wouldn't be able to hold his own. I think it'd be actually a pretty damn good fight to see. Now, but yeah, I think you're. I think you're right, Matt. I don't. I don't think McGregor is going to go for that. I think that you know it. It would help Jake Paul out. I think he would go do it in a heartbeat. I think it would be a massive mm-hmm. publicity stunt. I. I do think he'd jump in to a rink uh, and and go for it. But um, yeah, I. I don't know if McGregor is going to. I mean, how much money would McGregor <laughs> have to make off that fight? Like three hundred, four hundred million, just to step in there and 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 waste his time with it? Yeah, I think that's about mm-hmm. the only way he's going to agree to it. Get that big paycheck. Other than that, it's and not that's worth thing, it to him. Yeah, and that's the thing with with McGregor. I mean, it's one thing to get beat by like Mayweather, uh, you know, one of the best in, in this generation. But to, if you're to get beat by a a, a actual two and O fighter <laughs> or maybe three, and o fighter now. you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically it's like go back to Ireland and, and find a hole and, and never come out of it at that point. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't see it happening, but it would be fun as heck to actually see though. No doubt. Um, I, I think that's just one of those things you're going to have to watch and see if Jake actually sticks with it. God help me if Nate Robinson decides he's going to continue down this path. You know, he's saying he wants to try a couple different things. It's, uh, dude, I think you missed your bus on this one. You're a little too old, and it it just isn't obviously something that you're uh, – you know, and, and Jake even said, I commend him for even getting in the ring with me. Like, I've been training hard at this for a year, and Nate obviously had not. Yeah. So – I, I didn't even know, like I didn't even realize that that Nate Robinson was still like even in <laughs> remotely the scene until I heard about this fight. I mean, going back and looking, he's been in what Venezuela. He's been in Beirut yeah. for a while. I mean, basically, he hasn't done anything. Uh, Tel Aviv, even I think in 2016, I saw. So yeah, he hasn't really done anything professionally on a, on a I think a real serious basis since what uh, 15 with Pelicans. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Yeah, age is, is, you know, we're all about that age. Uh, We now, it just hurts getting up in the morning, Uh, getting out of bed, you hear some things popping. I can't imagine getting into into a boxing match, even if it's a guy who's only uh, a couple of matches in. So good on him. But yeah, hey, at least we got a a Tyson fight, you know, after that. That was cool as hell to see. And let's get another Tyson Holyfield. Heard a rumor (laughs) that could happen. So that'd be if we could do it. I don't know if you guys saw the the post. fight interviews between the two but 
it was actually pretty dang comical. Even during the fight, there was some comical like moments between the fighters and between the fighters and the ref. And and Tyson, man, he 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 hit him hard. Like uh, he was talking, Roy Jones was talking about the body shots and how it was just wearing him down. And uh, you know what? How he was just exhausted for most of the fight. But uh, I I think it was fitting that it was like an unofficial draw uh, because you know both guys made it through all eight rounds and. Uh, they were laughing and having a good time, and there, there seemed to be some serious mutual respect between the two after the fight. So, um, who knows? Maybe we see a repeat of that at some point. But what Tyson's fifty-six or something now? I mean, mm-hmm. the dude's still ripped as hell. I wouldn't take a punch from him. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Still rocking the six-pack, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's. Uh... Let's move on from boxing and uh, not the first girl to step onto the football field, not the first girl to step onto the college football field. However, the first female to sign up with a power five team and see field time as a kicker, Sarah Fuller. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting transition. I mean, her history is basically soccer straight up soccer and as a, a senior goalkeeper you know i had already been to an sec uh title championship uh playing for vanderbilt as the goalkeeper and you know i'm sure john and i for all of you non-soccer fans out there can tell you just how hard that is mm-hmm. much less at that type of level um but you know you go from that into the football team that has due to COVID tracing uh, is losing a lot of their specialists and the kicker position is wide open and they ask her to step up. I mean, what, what was your thoughts in it? David, what about you? What are you thinking? Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Only two females have played before back in uh, 2003, New Mexico, and then 2015 Kent state both at the G five level. So this is pretty cool. Not only does – I mean, they didn't just find this girl. Like, she's the star on the soccer team. She just won the SEC, gosh, tournament like a week before. After this, she was named special teams co-player of the week. So it's not like they just found a girl to come play. They got found a girl who knows what she's doing, and she's an athlete in herself. I thought it was pretty cool. It was a little – she got a little jib just getting to do a squib kick. But, I mean, she's on the travel roster going this week to Georgia. She's the only kicker on the roster this week playing down at Georgia. So she's definitely getting some field time. Hope she gets to do some extra points in addition to place kicks. But yeah, it was a very cool experience for her. She said she was more nervous for her soccer match a week before than first time putting some pads on, which is just pretty cool experience looking to her mindset for this. Well, I think this was about like having fun, you know, and just going yeah. out there and having a good time. Whereas uh, I'm sure that she takes the, the seriousness. I, I, obviously she took this seriously as well, but I'm, you know, to, to work for all these years for your soccer, you know, career, college career there, uh, I'm sure, yeah, I could see why she'd have more butterflies from that. I mean, that's that's where her heart and soul is. This is like, uh, hey, this, this is a fun bucket list. Never thought I'd do one of these. Let's go have some fun for, for a few days. So, I mean, the fact that she let me kick in the football for three or four days at that point, um, and, you know, you said something you think she's going to get some extra points. I mean, Vanderbilt's terrible and going up against Georgia. I'm not sure they're going to score any. Uh, just like they didn't score on Saturday. So we may potentially only get to see her one time on the field again during uh, one of the two quick, uh, kickoffs, but uh, who knows? But um, I mean, did you like, I thought, 
well, there's two angles that I want to talk to you guys about and, and get your opinions on. Uh, the first is like the, the gender thing. So um, did it, I, I personally was a little surprised that there was still in 2020 as much kind of crap uh, online and things like that about a female playing uh, college football. And I'll be honest with you, like I expected it from some of the guys, like there's always these, uh, you know, there's always going to be a, a selected percentage of men uh, who will, will have a, a, a stupid comment to say in this regard. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, doubt that for a bit, but I was actually surprised there was a lot of females out there like blowing this off and, 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 you know, basically saying, well, she's just a kicker. And like, like I know kickers get a lot of hate men and women, but I was a little surprised that even females were kind of jumping on the hate wagon a little bit on this. Um, I mean, I'm glad that the vast majority of sports and, and as a whole uh, rallied around it. So that it was cool, but I was a little surprised, man, that, that still in 2020, after the year that we've all had, that there was still people that would have something negative to say about this. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that some other girls are not in favor of this or hating on her. I don't understand why. Maybe it's just jealousy that she's able to do something they can't or she's getting some limelight maybe they wish they had. I can certainly understand, you know, there's always going to be that guy out there who's just, you know, Mr. Macho Man doesn't think a girl belongs out there. Sure, football, you know, it's that physical game. But I see no reason why a girl can't come out and kick. Yeah, I mean, if she's got the talent, why not? And good for her for doing that. I think it's really cool. I think this is definitely one of those years that we've seen a lot of, and we even talked about a couple of them, a lot of um, female empowerment into big-time positions. I mean, honestly, I don't think I turned on a game, at least in the NFL, where I didn't see a female referee in the game. Uh, what was the lady's name that just took over as a GM in the Major League Baseball? Kim. Kim Ying. Uh, yep. Down in Miami. Kim Ying. Um, who else have we talked about? There, there's been a lot this year, which, you know, that's great because especially for women empowerment, uh, it's been a long time where the numbers show that women have not been given the same opportunities, have not uh, been given the same pay level and, and uh, my family's run into that. So, you know, it, I think it's great to watch this and to see females getting, you know, negative on that. What that tells me is all you're doing is trying to drag people over to your, you know, your Twitter, your channel, whatever, just so you can throw shade. Cause it's so much easier to do that than it is to be supportive. So I'm calling, you know, boohoo on you, but Frankly, for her to go in and and John, I think this is something. If you if this isn't your second point, but play like a girl on the back of her helmet in the year where people have a lot of different things going on in the back of their football helmets. Yeah, very mm-hmm. many foundations, some positive, some negative. Um, and if you look at the history on this, it was originally established in 2004 by cancer researcher and philanthropist. Dr. Kimberly Clay for the purpose of advancing the health and empowerment of girls and women through education. Uh, it was flipped in 2012 into some new leadership, but you know, it's still the, I think the thing was it gave so much exposure to that organization because she just got nationwide attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's actually, there's a couple of these. Um, I've actually spoken with some people from race, like a girl, which is a, obviously a very similar thing about promoting women into motorsports. And 
Yeah, I think it's cool, man. It's like there's no reason, uh, and I think like I've talked about before. I feel like racing is like the great equalizer. I mean, it's all about talent. You know, you don't have to be six foot five, three hundred pounds to be a successful race car driver. Uh, you know, you you give them uh, proper machinery and, and a budget, and you know, let let's see what they can do. And uh, so I think it's cool that you know, Race Like Girl has been. Uh, promoting uh, you know, women in, in sports car racing and single seaters and things like that. I, I think it's an awesome thing. And yeah, as we talked about, I feel like just in this year, you know, we talked about women getting in the front office. We've talked about women going into coaching, talked about it, uh, you know, officiating. Now we're talking about playing as well. I, I think, there, like I said, there's no reason. I was a little surprised that, you know, someone would say, well, she's just kicking the ball. It's not like she's tackling someone. I'm like, I'm like, well, if that's the case, you need to hate on all kickers. Then because, <laughs> <laughs> Most of them aren't doing a whole lot of tackling, so I don't know why her being a female has anything to do with right. that. Matter. Yeah. But yeah. Now the other point I was I was going to ask you about is um, the you know the fact that fairly soon college football players will be able, well, college athletes will be able to to uh, get you know endorsement opportunities based on their their name and their their image and their likeness. And unfortunately, this happened a little bit before that happened. But when I was looking, I read an article about uh, just kind of her social media. She saw a seven, get this guys, a 17,478% growth on her Twitter account, a 13,300% growth on her Instagram. She gained, uh, basically gaining 40,000 uh, on, on Twitter and 137,000 followers last week on Instagram. So, I mean, talk about someone who, you know, this play like a girl thing and everything. I was like, think like if, if this could continue, or once they get to the point where they're actually able to make some money off this, I know she's a senior, so uh, you know I'm not sure exactly when she's slated to graduate. But could you imagine the the endorsement money that could come off of something like this? I mean, good on her. I, I it's a little too soon, unfortunately, in her case, but uh, hopefully maybe it'll something to work out. But um, I imagine that more of this stuff is going to happen. And it just shows you like if this one event can can explode like this. Think about like the, what the future is going to look like when it comes to college sports endorsements and things like that. Yeah. Going back to, I play like a girl. They even saw a 4,000% increase on their Instagram from just the week before, just from her wearing that on the back of her helmet. So they're getting calls and emails, people wanting to donate money, see how they can contribute and help. So just from that, they're seeing a great increase as well. So I would say her impact off the field, it's probably way more than, you know, whatever she field goal she kicks going forward for other females out there. And NIL, gosh, I wish this was in 2023 because it'd be cool to see sponsors line up. Shoot, after she graduates, some still might want to come and endorse her for whatever she does afterwards. There's kind of those two areas, you know, those guys who are well-known, the superstars, and then the people like her who see this quick uptick in growth and people are like, oh, she's the hot item right now. And I hope it sticks, but yeah, it's really cool that she was able to get so much of an impact just from one TV appearance. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, and like, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but she went from essentially no one knowing who she was through no fault of her own. I mean, just there's a, a gazillion college athletes, and uh, you know, we're, we are pretty invested in knowing who a lot of them are, and we probably know 1% of you know, the total. So, uh, you know, nothing against her, but she went from that to being a household name in pretty much every household in America. I mean, people that don't even follow sports are aware of this. I mean, it was all over, you know, good morning America and, you know, uh, politicians are getting involved in it and, uh, you know, Hollywood actors and things like that. I mean, 
So it's literally overnight has, has turned into something. Uh, who knows? Maybe this could uh, literally could change the course of her life when it comes to like her future endeavors past, you know, post school. So I think it's cool. I'm, I'm happy for it. I hope we get to see a couple more kicks from her well, against Georgia. Yeah. So as she, as she said, honestly, this is one of those things like it's hard to be the first of anything anymore. So she now she holds a record. She was given honors as like the co-special team player of the week uh, in the SEC. And she puts out probably a statement that we've heard something similar to before, but she now has the clout to be able to drop it. And she said, I just, in her interview after the game, she said, I just want to tell all the girls out there that you can do anything you set your mind to. You, you really can. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely huge. And honestly, you know, no matter how we talk about this, because think about it when, because we, we were talking to the guy that held up the sign at what, the Iowa State game for asking for beer money and then ends up getting all those donations to go to uh, the children's hospital. Yeah. And he, he had a lot, of, but you don't hear a lot out of him. I mean, he's a college student. He's just, I'm assuming he's just kind of doing his thing back to normal life. Just imagine, like, she's a senior. She walks out of here. She can make her career out of whatever she wants to, and God, she can probably sign her ticket anywhere she wants a job interview because now everybody knows who she is. It's not about your resume mm-hmm. or who the resume person knows. You're on national TV with everybody. Yeah. So just think if she actually took this, runs with it, she creates more content. Maybe she creates her own um, – whether she goes with Play Like a Girl or creates her own organization – this is something where she can really make a huge difference just because of her presence. If she continues that presence online, yeah. you know, maybe there's a future podcast coming their way. I, I imagine because uh, <laughs> uh, if she wasn't talking about going into broadcasting, then this is a, a great opportunity for her. But yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a good point, Matt. I know we're supposed to disagree a little bit more often, but I got to give you credit occasionally. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you talk about job interviews. I mean, again, you went you, you went from a college senior, one of a hundred thousand. You know, they're going to enter the job force, uh, and I'm just throwing out a number. I have no idea, but it, I'm sure it's quite large. Uh, how many people are going to graduate this year across the country? And now suddenly, like, you know, you people know who you are. You're walking the door. You've already got a, a, mm-hmm. a kind of a competitive advantage. So, I, I think it's cool. Uh, like I said, even going back to like the race, like a girl organization, I mean, the, their big thing was let us prove ourselves on talent. You know, so many, so many females uh, in the past have been uh, pushed up rankings in different ways based on you know, looks and things like that and what they can sell based on their image. And I think a lot of females are, they're about, they want to change that. They want to, they want to be there because you know, they deserve to be there because they're talented because they know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to, you know, the people in the broadcasting booth and things like that. They, they don't want to get somewhere based on their image. So I think it's a, it's an awesome message and it seems like she's following suit with the, the play like a girl as well. So um, yeah, who knows? Maybe it's, it's a weird year. We might get to see her multiple games. Um, <laughs> she said she'd like to play more. Yeah. So well, she's going to Georgia. Yeah. We'll unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately for her, she's, you I know, will... plays with Vanderbilt. So they're, <laughs> It's, it's going to be it probably limited belt. opportunities, um, <laughs> but, you know, through no fault of her own. I just don't know how much Vanderbilt is going to score against Georgia, but I feel like we'll, yeah. we will at least see her once, right? And I'm sure the broadcasters yep. will be talking about her and oh, yeah. well, well, without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt, at yeah. least once. Yeah. 
we'll see, we'll see her once. Hey, not to mention, not to mention at the end of the year, she gets lettered in football, right? Not only soccer, but football. She gets to keep, you know, if I were her, I'd be like, I get to keep my uniform, including both helmets, <laughs> like, because they've got a whole different design coming up. I, you make yourself your little, like, whatever you want list. You're going to get it. They'll yeah. For I just want to know yeah. one thing, because if you look at a picture of her without the helmet on, like, Homegirl's got long hair, right? <laughs> which which dude would dre- like? Did she call Cam Newton and say, "How do you fit that stupid <laughs> thing under the helmet? Like, do you have to tie it up this way or that way? Like, hairspray and lock it in." <laughs> I want to know who she called to say, "How do you wrap this thing under the helmet?" Or did she just take it home with her and play with it until she got it? Yeah, you know those there. like in the the motorcycle helmets. I know I know females have uh, some kind of wrap. I know my wife's used it in the past that. Does something with the hair. I don't know how, yep. what kind of voodoo they're actually doing up there, but it does something to fit it up into the helmet <laughs> so that it's not too much uh, hanging out going down the road. But I imagine it's something similar. But yeah, I mean, uh, of course, uh, Cam Newton, I, I, I still don't know how he does half the things he does. So uh-uh. he's, he's plowing a uh, oh, uh, path, uh, you know, in his own ways. So, <laughs> anyways. All right then. Okay, so on that note, let's go ahead and drop the yellow flag as we go to uh, our sponsor break. Uh, we'd like to uh, make sure everybody pays attention because we've got some great sponsors behind us. Give them a few minutes, and we'll be back to talk a little more. Are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffer this holiday season? Then look no further because our sponsor Manscaped have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news guys, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia as well. A few of their products that are primed for stocking stuffers include ball deodorants, ball toners, body washes, ball wipes, foot deodorants, nail trimmers, and so many more. If you're looking for something a little bit bigger, you can go with the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer, as well as the Mac Daddy of them all, the Lawn Mower 3.0, which offers skin-safe technology to trim all those sensitive areas below the waist, if you get my drift, guys. All their products are made vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraffin-free, so you know their products are legit. And right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code PODCAST20. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with podcast 20. All right. Welcome back to the second part of our 100th episode. Uh, We had some fun talking about a boxing match that probably should have never happened. Uh, We got to talk a little bit about Sarah Fuller and her debut uh, as a power five kicker for Vanderbilt. Let's talk about California. Uh, California County has shut down all contact sports for at least the next three weeks due to trying to curb the COVID. So the main one to be affected, I would say, is the San Francisco 49ers because they're midstream in their season. Uh, David or John, where are we going with this? What, What can they do to try and keep playing at this point. Yeah, I mean, 49ers definitely impacted. They're probably the biggest name. There's also some colleges like Stanford, San Jose State, football and basketball, Santa Clara basketball, also 
NHL, San Jose Sharks are all kind of left in limbo trying to figure out what to do for three weeks. But obviously everybody talks about the NFL. It's the biggest sport in this country. And thankfully, you know, Arizona has some open dates and a kind owner said, yeah, you can just come out and play your home games in Arizona for a couple weeks. And they even put on Twitter, you know, if you leave stuff in the fridge, we're going to throw it out. So take care of the place while you're here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of crazy just hearing that no contact sports of any kind are allowed in Santa Clara County for three weeks. No matter what level, professional, amateur, kids, nothing is allowed. So 49ers are kind of left in limbo just trying to figure out what to do. And they were looking at either Arizona or going down to Cowboys, down in Texas. Um, and Arizona said, yeah, it's fine. Come out here and play. So they're playing the Bills and playing the Washington football team over the next two weeks. So kind of crazy to think that this is happening, especially when other games have been moved around. Cancel. We saw this Ravens-Steelers uh, game be moved for the third time. Now we have a whole team moving to a new state just to play some games. I don't really get this, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm sure Washington probably would have preferred that uh, they go down to, to the Cowboys Stadium because they've had some recent success down there. But, <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I'm Mr. COVID. You know, I've been, uh, you know, my quarantine bubble is, is nice and tight. And uh, I, I rarely leave the house these days. But even I'm like, I just don't get the significance of the context for I mean, yeah, I, I guess there's a, a small – increase in in the probability but the amount of testing and stuff that i feel like goes into this i mean yeah if you want to ban uh college parties and and get togethers of you know more than 10 people or whatever the case may be then sure why not whatever you know there's we could all debate that on on our own time um but i i don't get the significance of calling out and directly impacting anything that's a the contact sport um to me this is no different than than anything else in life uh i mean we've all played contact sports i i don't know if you're really passing on more germs there might be some sweat uh, you know knocking around but again if you've got you know 30 plus other teams that are you know the the covid surging across the country i get it but i i don't see why you have to pick this particular thing out and why like you're gonna do a 14-day quarantine on anyone traveling to the county from more than 150 miles, um, because if you're 149 I'd like to see miles, them enforce that one. Yeah, you're safe, right? Yeah. If you're 149 miles, man, <laughs> eh, no, no worries. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, infect someone with COVID-19. But 150, eh, that's where we draw the line. Like, I don't see there. To me, that's that's rubbish. Yeah, I don't really understand how this is different than going to the grocery store going through the checkout line, the cashiers, you know, three feet away from you, going to the home improvement store, going to Target, pick up some items. I mean, you're still there. Granted, you're not touching people and physically pushing them, but you're still within the proximity of people. Well, And that's the thing. Like, if I was an athlete, honestly, I think I'd feel more comfortable going and playing a football game right now than I would be Mm -hmm. going to, you know, somewhere that has a large gathering of random people because everyone there is getting tested on a routine basis. So. While yes, there are have been people within the you know the the National Football League as we you talked about with uh, the Baltimore game, um, you know we know people have tested positive and the, there's been people that have tested positive shortly after a game and there's been contact tracing and all that fun stuff that has gone about it. But the the thing is, like from a percentage standpoint, I feel like my chances are a whole heck of a lot lower 
to be around people that are getting tested on a routine basis and are making their livelihood on the fact that they can play this game versus Joe Smith standing, you know, an inch from me uh, at, while I'm waiting at the grocery store trying to buy some food and, and dude sneezes on me. Like that would make me a heck of a lot more <laughs> uncomfortable than I would playing a game with I know people are taking this seriously and, you know, are, are doing the right things and getting tested multiple times a week. Uh, I think this is just California being California. So sorry to all the listeners out there, but um, I just, you know, they, they always have to be difficult on, on something, you know, whether it's emissions or, you know, pollution and all that fun stuff. They always want to be a little bit tighter than everyone else. And I just, I don't see the point of, of calling and drawing a line in the sand at 150 miles. I, I just don't yeah. get it. I'm sorry. So now these players are being pulled away from their families, coaches, staff. I would imagine there's probably a good 100, 150 people who are basically moving to Arizona for three weeks. You know, you know they just can't go home, going to live out of a hotel. Kind of sucks for them. I mean, I'd feel more comfortable just going home at night. Again, kind of like you said, just going back to work with people I know who are going through the same protocols I am instead of it's all hop on a plane and stay in a hotel with, you know, the maid coming in, the, the door hop, whatever. Yeah. Kind of screws everybody yeah, up here. I, I feel like you're actually increasing exposure probability because now you're making whether you have now you have instead of one team traveling, now you've got two teams traveling to, to a whole different area. So now anything that's in, uh, you know, Buffalo or D.C., uh, now all that's going to go to to Arizona. Now you got anything that's in California is also going to go to Arizona. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're in Arizona and you're taking this thing seriously, you got to be like, what the hell, man? Like, don't send everything, don't send your garbage our way. Um, I, I don't, man. Just uh, you know, like I said, I, I've been I've taken this thing as seriously as as probably anyone out there, but I feel like at some point you got to use a little bit of common sense and and you know say, okay, what's what's the difference here? And when you look at there, there's a lot of other counties in California that are having a lot more issues than, uh, than in, around San Francisco. So, uh, what you know, that's just my two cents. Uh, I'm just curious when people are going to stop. Uh, you know, I'm going to put a little shade here. I'm curious when people are going to stop moving to California for all of their <laughs> expenses and crazy people that are in power over there, et cetera. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I've heard there's a max, mass exodus coming out. Like, and I've said this before, like, listen, if I've got a ticket to the NFL and I'm going to get a good amount of money for it, you know, I mean, mostly take me to the highest bidder <clears throat> where I'm going to fit in their system. Cause that's typically how that's going to go. But you still have to pay tax in the state that you play in. So if half of your games are going to be in California or New York, New Jersey, you know, super high cost tax states. Why in the world are you aiming to go there? This is a, you know, the, the pro sports are a stinking financial commitment because they're paying you to be the top rated athlete. So you go to California for what the sun, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. You can't go out in the stinking sun. <laughs> you just get to look at it from your window, which you could do on a computer. I, I know that's being cynical, but whatever. Yeah, I can see unless you're, you know, one of the top 5% of athletes who every team wants, there might be some selective of selectability of, you know, if this is the only team that's willing to sign me, I got to go. But I see your point. I mean, if you have the option to go play down in Texas or Florida where there's no state income tax, it's definitely more attractive if the contract's pretty similar there. 
Yep. That's something we haven't really thought about, and I think we all were hoping that this thing would be less of a story nine months after the fact. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, it's more of a story than ever, I feel like. But, I mean, yeah, this at some point, Matt, I mean, this may very well have a, an impact to free agency. Because, yeah, California's nice, and, you know, I, I'd probably give up some money in taxes to, to play in a, a place that has nice weather. And, I mean, you know how it is. We, we played ball in some cold weather, and, you know, it's not the most fun getting popped, uh, you know, when it's 10 degrees outside. That, that kind of hurts a little bit more than normal. But, I mean, if you can't you go out and shower. do anything, <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're locked down, you can't go do anything, and all that fun stuff, it's like, all right, well, no point in, uh, you know, losing a little money to go to California if I can go somewhere else where, uh, you know, weather might not be as good, but, uh, you know, the, there may be a little bit less, uh, you know, restrictions in place. I might be able to feel slightly more like a human. Um, so who knows? These athletes may very well, you know, when we get to that point in a couple months, uh, that may be something that, that people think about, mm-hmm. honestly, long term. Absolutely. things not going away anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah. So either way, San Francisco – uh, at least having a game plan right now, moving, going out to Arizona to play. Um, and as John said, these are guys that are put under a lot of restrictions, a lot of testing, a lot of, you know, they've had a game plan on this. I feel bad for these other teams in various sports that are either just getting started or they're mid, mid-season, whatever it is, and they don't have the resources that an NFL team does to just swing out there and go do that. I mean, colleges have to stay in class. Uh, they don't live football, but it is their, you know, main thing that they're there on top of being an, a, a student. So um, let's go ahead and move on to our final topic. Uh, the Denver Broncos uh, have basically no quarterbacks at this point that have actual full-on, full-time game experience in the NFL. Um, they've got a hodgepodge of various things for what they did pull up. But, um, David, this seems more up your alley with who they are looking at to start at quarterback this week. So talk to us a little bit. So there's three quarterbacks um, and then practice squad quarterback, Blake Boros, who I kind of forgot was still in the NFL. I didn't realize um, he was in the practice squad. That's hilarious. So Jeff, Jeff Riskel tested positive for COVID. The other three were close to him without a mask, so they were deemed um, high risk. So all of a sudden, there were no quarterbacks available to play this past Sunday, which is kind of odd to think about. They've previously looked at Royce Freeman, one of the running backs, as an emergency quarterback, and that was a no. So then they even turned to offensive quality control coach Rob Calabrese, who's a former UFC, excuse me, UCF quarterback from like 2012 to 14 or something. And they even asked the league if a coach can play. And the league was like, yeah, no, because then you're just going to start sacking players on the coaching staff as emergency. So they were pretty desperate when you're looking at a former college player who's now a coach to come play. So who'd they go with? Undrafted wide receiver Kendall Hinton, who played some quarterback in the ACC at Wake Forest. Um, not amazing, but not bad. He had a decent career for what he did. The alley no is terrible, but... I mean, this isn't what he does anymore. And I think a lot of people out there are probably, you know, the armchair quarterback saying, oh, they should have done this. It just shows, you know, that's a difficult position to play, especially when, you know, you don't really have practice. You're just kind of taken off and, you know, you're thrown in there all of a sudden. 
One thing that's really killing me with this, though, back in week five, the Bills and Titans were moved. Uh, currently in week 12, the Ravens and Steelers have been moved three times. So I don't understand why this game was not moved around a little more to give them additional time to find a new quarterback. They just made him play. So what's the discrepancy here? I got a theory for you. What's that? <laughs> uh, in my personal opinion, uh, disclosure, it's, uh, <laughs> I speak for myself. None of that of this box off garage podcast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yada, 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 fine print words. I think this is just the NFL trying to prove that they are the god of, of all sports and that we shall bow down to them. Because, David, you're right. Why is it that, uh, you know, a quarterback that we really care about, you know, Lamar Jackson, can test positive, and we will move that game, and we'll move it, and we'll move it again, and we'll move it again, and we'll move it again. But the lowly, crappy Denver Broncos and their quarterbacks that no one gives a crap about, test, one of them tests positive, and then – let's just force them to play the game. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Did the, any of the other quarterbacks actually test positive? No, they were just around him without a mask. Yeah, that's, that's your only fault. Yeah. So, oh you know, we know a few weeks ago, like, well, I guess it's been more than a few weeks ago now because we're a lot of way through the season, but we know early on, you know, the NFL decided to, you know, lay down the hammer and drop some fines on coaches who weren't covering, you know, not doing the, the mask thing properly and, and things like that. To me, this is just the NFL doing the same thing on, on the, the player level. Because why can't you take those three quarterbacks and give them a freaking COVID nineteen test? Well, which you're, you know, which you're, you know, should be doing anyways. And of every other player in the NFL is going to get two or three this week. Why can't you do that? Give them and one of them comes to test and said, okay, there's your guy. If he doesn't have COVID nineteen, there's no reason he can't play. I think this is just the NFL saying, you know what, we're just gonna. We're, you know, we need to assert some power here. Let's be, let's uh, take a page out of the NCAA and uh, let's see, you know, who, who we can force to bow down, who we can punish for this, who we can make an example out of this. Because the only reason they couldn't play is because they were around the guy and weren't wearing a mask at the time. Yeah, I, they probably shouldn't have done that. But again, if they test negative, why can't they play? And the fact that even their the own team is saying, oh, our, our, I'm really disappointed that our quarterbacks put us in this situation, put the league in this situation. Screw that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to hold all my expletives back here. But this, <laughs> this pisses me off to a whole level, level degree that uh, I haven't seen in a while. I don't know what you guys think about this. Am I crazy or not? But so, No, so I'll take it one farther. They were playing the New Orleans Saints. They've been a little bit banged up lately. I think they, the NFL wanted to give the Saints an easy game, get an easy win out there help them heal without having to play their starters a long time and help. Yeah, Kamara hasn't had that problem over the past two weeks. But Drew Brees is hurt, and obviously he's not playing. Uh, Michael Thomas has been hurt. Give him an easy week where he either doesn't have to play or not do a whole lot because they've got some big names. You kind of want them to go far in the playoffs because it's good for TV ratings. A lot of people think they might get to the Super Bowl. So could it be the NFL saying, eh, we're going to just kind of nudge the ship this way to get one team where we want them to be in the playoffs and just, just kind of screw the other team because nobody outside of Denver actually cares about what the Broncos season is going to look like. Surely, David, a multi-billion dollar organization <laughs> would not choose money and uh, fame and publicity over doing the right thing. That would surely never happen, right, in, the, in, no, in this world of, of sports? Not. I mean, again, NCAA, uh, I'm looking at you, buddies. <laughs> It's all about the dollar bill, you know, and the NFL is definitely Follow uh, the money. You know, thought about that, but it's not a, it's not a bad. Well, point, David. first of all, first of all, how dare you badmouth anything to do with 
a team that hasn't been able to show anything since they had a famous nationwide spokesperson who shall not be named slash Papa John's uh, spokesperson, again, shall not be named, at quarterback. And that was the last time they were any good. How, how dare they, you know, not be on their side since he's left. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're not exactly throwing shade at their GM either. That's, that's beautiful. He's had his history there. Um, and then, uh, you know, secondly, Roger Goodell's a tool. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you want your stars to play on TV, so you make accommodations for some teams. But for others, you're like, yeah, screw it. You're playing. We don't really care, which is polar opposites here. But it's it's really what's happening. I mean, I guess the Broncos could have figured out a way to sign Kaepernick and, you know, oh, appease Lord. that of that whole situation. But honestly, that would have been nope, a better Goodell idea still doesn't than like him. Kendall Hinton <laughs> in there for his one for nine with two picks. <laughs> Wait, and speaking of which, hold on. So you've had Royce Freeman, who has been the backup running back this season, like third string, whatever. If they need mm-hmm. one, he can hand off the ball. He's never thrown in the NFL. But, however, during his four years of college at Oregon, he is one for one, 100%. As a freshman, he threw a 26-yard touchdown. Hey, you know who else has that yeah. same stat? Me. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my many years of playing football i am one for one with a touchdown baby and that's uh i went out on, on a high that, that's why you retired I right just there flung yeah. it as hard and far as i could possibly go and thank god i don't remember who it was but thank god they came down on it and uh yeah it was uh it was one of those like uh sweet passes that i remember you guys probably remember the play call better than i do the actual name of it the uh 26 ice sweep, uh, jet pass, whatever. Ice. Was, I don't know. It worked out one for one, baby. I mean, can't get a better passing rater than that. You're welcome for the blocking up front. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you guys actually did hold your own because, uh, you know, I've got a crap shoulder too. So I, I literally just flung it. <laughs> I saw him down there and, uh, yeah, I just, I threw it as hard as I could and, uh, somehow it was long enough to to make it look semi-decent but uh never again <laughs> good old uncle rico here <laughs> but yeah I, I think you guys are on to something man i mean this this thing is it's shady with an epic level of shade i, I just it this pisses me off and i haven't been this pissed off an organization since the ncaa <laughs> um yeah I, this is this is rotten man this is this is wrong <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to bring back the true goat to run uh, Denver or potentially Indiana. I'm surprised he hasn't made his appearance yet. But <laughs> too much money from Nationwide, I guess. Uh, Making commercials. He could probably still sling it too. Better than I could. That's for sure. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. well, they were going to put him on. You know, they they, they were going to put him on staff and then let him walk out on the field. <laughs> Dude, they would automatically win. No questions <laughs> asked. You can't. New Orleans secondary. What? Yeah, I mean, and it's, it, that's the thing. Like, if all the teams you got to play against and a guy that doesn't play quarterback, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think you guys yeah. are on to something. We'll, we'll probably end up moving that Baltimore game another four times before it's all said and done. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but it's not canceled. Yeah, or exactly. Whatever it takes not to make canceled. sure they get enough games so they can make the playoffs because <laughs> it's all about that, that. But, yeah, whatever, man. 
Money, money, money. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go ahead and drop the checkered flag at that point. Uh, you know, that was a lot of great content. We hope that you really enjoyed it. Um, David, real quick, why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of us? You can always find us on our website, www.sportstalkgarage.com. All of our previous episodes, info about us, other Charlotte area podcasts that we have partnered with. Go check them out. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, at Sports Garage Pod. And if you have any questions, comments, jokes that you want to send us, uh, feedback <laughs> at sportstalkgarage.com. Jokes. Start booing Roger Goodell again, right online. Full mass exodus for the man. All right. Um, final thoughts, guys. What's uh, what's exciting coming up this week? Well, one big thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, my Liberty Flames play at Coastal Carolina this Saturday. Nine and one versus nine and zero. Both ranked. College game day is coming. First time they've been to Coastal. First time Liberty's been part of a college game day game. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, looking forward to hopefully finish out the season, possibly make a bowl game. There's been some talk of that since they're not in a conference and every team is eligible this year. They might not make a bowl game, which at nine and two or 10 and one be pretty, pretty sad. And then the second thing, a fact that I read this week, the state of North Carolina now has the rare distinction of being the only state to host a Rose Bowl and the Maui Invitational. Pretty cool since California and Hawaii, North Carolina hosted the Rose Bowl in 1942 and currently hosting the Maui Invitational in Asheville right now. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting stat there. Interesting. In Asheville. In Asheville. Instead of Maui. You know, not, mountains. Not Charlotte. Ocean. Isn't it like, Asheville? Is Asheville. it snowing right now in Asheville, I think? <laughs> uh, it's pretty I'm cool. Sure. You know, UNC's there, so hopefully they can make some noise. Yeah, that that a tight game earlier, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they do. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I hadn't thought about that. Well, I'm looking forward to Vanderbilt versus Georgia. We'll see if uh, Miss Fuller can get out there and cause some more havoc on the field and you know drive some more attention. Um, but uh, honestly, this has just been my recovery week post all the turkey and you know good Thanksgiving food that I created and oh, so much more to go as we get ready to wind up into the heaviest part of the holiday season but nobody's allowed to go anywhere so you know this yep, is fine yep. mm-hmm. yeah i'll probably uh i'll be watching some football you know my bears got their uh butts destroyed this week <laughs> eh, which we kind of expected to happen uh I, I i managed to get through about half of it uh before i had other things going on but yeah so that that was painful so but i'm sure i'll be watching uh, my, my gators uh play saturday against the bulls my neighbor my new neighbor here is uh, a tennessee guy so i may uh i may uh you okay. know cross the yard and uh, have some good fun with it so we've been talking up he's he's expecting the gators to win by 60 um so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how i know trask is looking good for a heisman so it'll be interesting to see but we we should have fun with that and then yeah, I got some Formula One this weekend. Unfortunately, my, my boy Lewis Hamilton has officially tested He's positive out. for yeah. COVID-19. So for the first time since I started watching Formula One in 2007, I will not get to see my boy race, uh, which is pretty disappointing. So, um, But he's already wrapped up the championship, so I guess it's all all good. But still still yeah. sad to not see him there. But, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing the race and should be a good time. Uh, be a weird track. Hey, can you – can you ask your neighbor what the over under is on that Tennessee Gator game? I kind of went in <laughs> on some of that action. 
<laughs> right now it's just uh, some cold brews on the line. Um, but uh, I, like I said, he's he's pretty much. I think he's just like you know what I I, I need to you know do a little housewarming gift and bring this guy some some cold brews anyways. So I'll just take uh, Florida getting you know beating them by sixty. So sad when when the Tennessee fan thinks they're going to be get beat by that much, but uh, it should be a good time. Well, you know, the official line out of Vegas is 16.5, so a little over two touchdowns yeah. for Florida. Let's say your neighbors are <laughs> <laughs> over hey, Well, I mean, Tennessee's not great, and, and uh, Florida knows how to put up some points. What's funny is that the, literally the house right behind him, they uh, they are graduates of the University of Florida. They, they spent the first uh, 30 oh. years of their life in Gainesville. I was talking to them the other night. Their house is literally decked head to toe in, in Gator stuff. They got – Flags, signs galore all over. I think they painted blue just to be uh, gator blue. Um, they're 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 good people. So he's he's surrounded uh, front and back from <laughs> from gator fans. So uh, it's gonna be a rough day for him, unfortunately. Kyle Trask for Heisman, ladies and gentlemen. Early uh, prediction. I'd, I'd like to see it. I think it'd be a good one. Well deserved at this point. So so. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and uh, end this segment of the 100th episode of Sports Talk Garage. We hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, again, we'd love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out. Questions, comments, uh, we'd love to put you on part of the show. Uh, you know, As David said, bad jokes. But, uh, yeah, meantime, uh, this will end our 100th episode, and we look forward to seeing everybody back for 101. Heck, maybe we can even get John in on – on two in a row here. Stranger things have happened. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All, All right. right. Good night, guys. guys. All right. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to have your sports related question or comment featured on the show, please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at Sports Garage Pod. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.